Greetings and welcome. You're listening to the Genesis Podcast, the official podcast of the Genesis Community Church in Upland, California. It is our goal to inspire one another to change the world by effectively living in the way of Jesus. Check out our website, thegenesisstory.com. There, you can learn more about us, where and when we meet, ways to invest and support, but most importantly, how to get connected. Thank you for spending time with us today. Good morning. I got quiet. It's good to see you guys here this morning. I, I wish you all could experience the things it takes to get things up and running here sometimes in the morning. It's not funny, um, especially for Gil, um, but it, it's a lot that it seems like we scramble to make things happen, and I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's definitely something that it's a labor of love. And so thank you again to Gil, Rick, and everyone who's putting things together. Um, I'm also thankful that we have other voices in our community that are able to share, that it's not just uh, univocal, here's what I think and here's what I say. And having the ability to hear other voices I think is so important. It's what we do after each time we get together and we have a little time where we Uh, interject what we think and what we heard and what we feel, and it's what gives us some breadth and a lot more scope to what happens here. And so this morning, I'm grateful that we have, of course, Randy going to be doing the music, but Brian's going to be sharing, and I hope that we will have the ability to hear from another voice than mine how God is working through another life other than mine, because God is always working through the people, just as he's working through all of your lives, and that we make room for that to happen so that the expression of God can be seen in all these different ways. And and even as I'm talking, Gil is on the floor right now, not because he had a heart attack, but because he's plugging things in and making things happen. So we're going to pause. We're going to pray that everything works and that we are receptive to all that is happening here this morning. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful for opportunities where we can put things together so that we can participate with one another in a recognition of you and an understanding that it is your desire to be at work within each of us And my prayer this morning is that that would take place through the music as Randy shares with us, sings with us, and through Brian as he speaks the things that have been on his heart and in his life recently as we talk about joy. Thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you for these voices. Thank you for the ears that are hearing. We entrust this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap it up for Randy one more time. Now it's mic'd up. Woo! And it's so cool seeing so many of my friends here. Yeah. And yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Doubled our crowd, you know what I mean? We doubled our crowd. Yes. And like, regardless if there's like 20 people here or five people here, like the tech team goes crazy. Like, there's a full setup. I'm mic'd up. 
there's a band, Randy, and um, there's like online presence. So can we get up for the tech team and Gil and Rick? Thank you, Gil. All right. So good morning to those um, that are here. Good morning to those that are tuning in online. Thank you for joining us. And we got to do the uh, We Exist because you guys are gener- generous. So thank you for donations. There's ways to give. Nothing will be on the li- online when um, they find that. And yeah, if you haven't been here in a while, we miss you. There it is. Old school mail. You could do some um, snail mail, Venmo, Zelle. And this is how we keep going. That's why the lights are here and we get to serve the community because of those things. And um, if we haven't met you yet and you're tuning in, come visit us. If it's been a while before, since you've been here, come visit us. Um, we miss you. And up until Thursday, I don't like disclaimers, but up until Thursday, I thought that I was talking about love. And then I called Sam, and he's like, no, love is the grand finale, you know? That's Christmas. He's like, you, you and Randy are doing joy or peace? We flipped the coin, ended up with joy. So today's talk is about joy. And my story for joy starts almost a year ago, six years ago today. So December 6, 2017, I was sitting in a, in a hospital bed at UCLA Medical Center, and I got to experience um, something really cool. I was able to give an organ to my aunt who was going through dialysis, and I, gave, I was able to take a kidney out of me, put it in her, and it's working fine. She says she's peeing more than ever, and I have a healthy kidney, and it's still working, and, um, and I shared that with a lot of you, so a lot of you know that already, but I'm not sharing that to get brownie points or let you know that I'm an angel, even though Alex knows this, I'm an angel. Um, the, the reason I'm telling you is because I wanted to talk about the moment that I woke up from my, my anesthesia. I woke up in kind of a fog, and, you know, I had this Pocahontas angel rubbing my head next to me, ice cream and jello, and laying on the bed next to me, and I was feeling good. I felt an overwhelming sense of joy because of a six-month process leading up to this point, right? There was, like, uh, an accomplishment, a finish line that I felt, and it was, and it was powerful. And then shortly after that moment of, of overwhelming joy from waking up, this, this devil nurse came in, you know, and she was dressed in all black and a hood and with a staff and a blade. And she's like, we're here to take off, we're here to take off your catheter. That's what she said. She said it just like that. <laughs> and if you've never had a catheter taken out, it feels like getting stung in the eye by a bee, but not in the eyes. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, but through the catheter removal, I still felt the joy. And I don't know if uh, kidney, kidney donation processes now are a little bit different. They have the liposcopic thing where they make an incision at your waistline, and they fill you full of gas, and the gas is so that things move around really easy in there when they're, when they're digging around and making the cuts. And so you're filled with gas, and they close you up. You still have gas coming out of you, but you can't use the restroom. And so they're making you use the restroom before you leave because it's an outpatient situation. And so gas is falling out. Other stuff you want to come out, it's not coming out. But through that moment, I still felt joy. I was trying to walk. And I, I couldn't, had a hard time walking because, you know, just got out of surgery. But I still felt the joy. And I want to leave a, a bookmark right there. And the reason I started talking about that first was because Alex and I were discussing what joy was. And some of the things that we came up with were, can you feel happiness can you feel joy when you're not happy? 
Could I experience joy when, when I'm getting a catheter taken out? And one of the things Alex brought up was that she felt joy during her, her grandpa's funeral when she was grieving. And I was like, that's powerful that you could be at almost one of the most sad times of your life and you can experience joy. And Alan, my good friend Alan is here. He shared with me, he lost a friend, a dear friend, his best friend not too long ago. And he shared with me that he didn't want to go to her, her funeral service. But after, he let me know that he was so happy he went. You know, there was overwhelming joy that he got to experience that with their family, right? And Webster defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And, you know, here at Genesis, we like to challenge Webster and expand on Webster's um, definitions. And today I'm taking a, uh, a point out of Sam's book, and I'll be talking about three things. My favorite burrito spot, farming watermelons, and we're doing a $100 giveaway. I'm saving it till the end, Alan, so don't leave. Don't leave. All right, so join me um, for the first a reading in James 1, 2, 2, 2 through 5. And I try to avoid, like, cliche. That was like a rave. Like, get it going again. No, you're all right. We're learning. We're learning here. If it's not here, I'm just going to read it. All right. Here it is. James 1, 2 through 5. Consider it, consider it pure joy. Man, I could just leave it there. We could just talk about that. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. So around my sophomore year, one of my friends got his driver's license. Um, He was an old sophomore. And he had this old truck that his dad gave him. It was like a 1900, I don't know. Ford, single cab, rusty thing. And that fit four of us in, in this bench seat in the front, right? And four big guys, football player guys and me. Um, little guy, little Filipino guy, soccer player. <laughs> and as soon as he got his driver's license, we went from like the Inland Empire to the beach cities looking for food places. Like we were foodies before foodies was cool, before Yelp. You know, we were just looking for good food. And we found the best burritos in the world in La Puente at a place called Boca del Rio. Yeah. Hey, hey, I knew Gil was there. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Boca del Rio made these, like, carne asada burritos. Like, and they're not shy either. Like, this is the largest tortilla you've ever seen. They would just pile it on. They would grade the cheese as much as you, like, just, just say stop, you know? If it, oh, if it didn't close, it was fine. You would just eat it like that. It was, it was a giant taco at one point, you know? And it was... It was our spot. We would go after basketball games. We'd, like, they stayed over, open past midnight, so we would go at, like, 1 in the morning after Dodger games. Um, and, and one time we rolled up, and there was a B rating in the window that stood for the best tacos of all time. <laughs> and we still ate there. And then we came back the next month, and there was a C. Brah. I worked in the hospitality industry, you know how hard it is to get a C? <laughs> you know how hard it is to get a C? It's, it, you know? But what does a C stand for? Carne asada delicioso. <laughs> we still ate there. We still ate. And 
And we considered going other places, you know? We, we considered not eating there when we saw the sea. Like, it was like, there was a deep consideration, but we still ate there. And when James says, consider it pure joy, consider, consider. Do, do you know, like, the privilege that we have to be able to consider? Like, that's, that's a whole sermon. Like, the only people that have the privilege to be able to consider are the people who have power to choose. And that's, that's, that's very powerful in this context. Um, so in other words, carefully, thoughtfully choose joy, James is saying. What? Joy is a choice, not a feeling that comes when you're happy. Not only that, but James says, choose it when you come across trials and tribulations and temptations. Actually, in like the original text, trials and temptations is the exact same word. And you're probably wondering, like, how does... How do you know when it's a trial or temptation? And it's really how you interact with it. Are you overpowering it or is it overpowering you? That's the difference. How, how are you considering this? How do you have a relationship with this thing? Right? And so joy, the word joy, you can, you can consider to have a relationship with. And, but either way, you choose the posture is joy. So the next thing it talks about is through the trials and temptations, you can build perseverance. Um, like, what if you don't want perseverance? That's a, that's a, I don't want it. I don't want to be able to go through anything. I don't necessarily want it. It feels kind of like that muscle that you don't want, you know? kind of feels like a core, you know? Like, like everyone talks about, like, like, I don't want to build something I can't see, like, I can't show off. And perseverance seems like one of those things. Like, people can't really see it, you know? And why do I necessarily want that? Because I have to go through stuff to get it, right? And it's like, it said in verse four, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And he's like, there it is, God. I want to not lack anything. What if I do that perseverance thing, God? Will I, will I, have, will I have everything? Will I have everything? And in the joy context, no. Everything, having everything and lacking nothing is very different. Having everything and lacking nothing is very different in the joy context, right? It's saying that you won't have everything, but everything you are looking for will be found on the other side of testing your faith and through perseverance. And um, in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, Paul calls joy one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I'll read it. It says, but the fruits, and it says but the fruits because right before this verse, it talks about a whole list of things that aren't fruits, that are the opposite of fruits. It talks about the weeds of the Spirit. And it says, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, right? And if you grew up in a religious household or in a church like me, this is the way that Christians talk trash, right? This is, this is, this is how you can identify who's Christian or who's not. And this, is how, this is how people would say, um, well, she's really cool, but I don't see the fruit, you know? That's what my mom would say, you know? She would be like, she's pretty, but I don't, she didn't have self-control. <laughs> but as a young guy, that's what you want. You want a crazy girl, you know what I mean? You want a crazy date. You don't want someone that has the fruits when you're 18 years old. But this is the way that we talked about each other. Um, they said that they didn't have the fruit. And, and Paul uses the fruit metaphor in like the most literal way, you know? Almost like I was teaching a class to like elementary school kids and I, and I have before. And sometimes 
you might say something like, like, how big is this truck? And, and they're going to say, like, it's as big as an elephant, right? I tried to look up if, if, if fruit meant something, like it was like a derivative of something in, in the Genesis or from another author. It's not. It's very direct. It, it's saying, like, fruit is that thing that we all know to be fruit. It's, it's that, that hard to grow but, but easy to enjoy, you know, that really uh, takes work to nurture, but really beautiful to look at, you know, and, and I love watermelon. <laughs> Bro, I love watermelon. Like, the, the, uh, I grew up playing soccer, and, and it's like orange slices are watermelon, right? It's, that's what you get, and I just love it. I've always have. And, and have you ever watched a watermelon seed grow? No? Me either. So uh, you guys want to pull this video up real quick? I'm going I'm to take, uh, take 30 seconds of your life to watch this watermelon seed grow. Oh, there it is. And I sped this up even faster. It was like a two-minute video, but I'm like, this is going to be 30 seconds. Put some cooler music behind it. It was very slow. Yeah, you couldn't see it in the beginning, but there was like, they put in the seed with like a tweezers. And then tells you the days up top, like, that's like almost two months in. Look at that thing. That's joy. And then you get to grab it and cut it open and enjoy it. Clap it for the watermelon. Clap it up for the watermelon. Yes. Right? It takes a long time. It takes a long time to get joy. It's a choice. It's not like easy, you know? And it starts with something. Like it starts with this like little, little thing. And you put it in there and you got to water it and watch it and intentionally grow it. And it's not an accident. Like joy, joy is not an accident, you know? You think you fall upon it and you got a good burrito and, and you're sitting in the sunlight and it's like, no, that you're getting a little happiness. Dopamine hits, but joy, which, the way James is explaining it, is not that. He's saying it's, you've got to consider, highly consider this thing um, through everything. Like, this is not, a, it's not an option if you want to experience joy, right? It's, it's, a, it's like a whole, a whole movement, a revolution inside of you. It says, I wrote three days for the seed to explode like the Hulk, a week for a sprout, a month for leaves, a month for flowers, Outgrowing, outgrowing, watering, watching, and, and a joy never becomes an accident, right? So uh, bookmark off from, the, from my, my time at UCLA. I think watching that watermelon reminded me of the six months that it took to, to get up to the, leading up to my, my, my kidney donation, right? It was like six months of like 6 a.m. from Chino to Westminster, visits. They did this really weird thing where they like put you in a room and interrogate you to see if you're ready to give your kidney, like, or if they're like threatening you. Like they'll ask you very direct questions like, are you in danger? Or how much money are they giving you? They don't ask you, they don't, they, they interview you as if you're being interrogated for a crime, you know? And it was a strange feeling because it, it kind of, kind of takes away the, the purity of it. You know, I was like, my aunt's sick. She's dying. And I have something that she needs. So I want to experience what it feels like to be able to give this to her. And they took that away a little bit by, by asking me those things, right? 
Um, through these last couple of days, I've been doing a few experiments on joy, on myself, watching people, watching people in my life who have the most joy and just, just staring at them, you know, from a distance, oddly, creepily, you know, from across the room, like, he has a lot of joy, right? And, uh, and today, you guys are my, my last and final lab rats. You guys are my last experiment. Everybody in this room, that's it. You know, no more joy experiments after today. Before you got in here, I pasted a $100 bill on the bottom of one of the seats when I walked in. So don't touch the bottom of your seats yet, but there's a, there's a $100 bill under one of your seats, right? <laughs> All right, I want you to do a, a, mental, a mental visual manifestation right now. So I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture touching under your seat and feeling the $100 bill, but nobody knows yet. You're like, ooh, I'm the winner, you know, but nobody knows. And then I want, I want you to imagine, like, taking it, taking it apart, like the, the, the tape under there, and then you're going to hold it up in the air, right? But wait, before you do that, I have an ultimatum behind door number two. Let's assume that you won. And I said, I'm going to double your money, but that money you have to use fully towards someone that's less fortunate than you. You have to give it away. It's not yours anymore. You won, but it's not yours. And you can open your eyes if they're still close. Some of you guys are still, I think I lost you. But... uh, It's always, a, it's always a, a risk to tell people to close their eyes in a setting like this. <laughs> All right, so before you touch under your, under your seat, there's no $100 bill. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not like that. It's not me. I'm not him. Okay? And then two, how did you feel when you pictured winning the money? Was there any joy? Was there any happiness? Um, when I told you to give it away, how did you feel? How'd you feel when I said, it's not yours anymore, but you get to, but you get to bless somebody else, right? How, you felt good? Good. I hope so. Is there anybody that didn't want to win? Like, like hoping the $100 wasn't under there. Is there anybody? No? Everybody was thinking they won? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm weird. Like, as, like, and Alex knows this. Like, we were at a raffle the other day, and I, uh, we won, right? And we, had a, we were at the Top Golf. And uh, Sam and Kareen invited us to, to their son-in-law's um, Top Golf fundraiser. And we, they said, everything's free. You get to drink and golf for free. And we had a blast. They said, the only thing you have to do is buy um, raffle tickets. So we bought like an arm's length of the raffle tickets. And then um, we're sitting in the front row. And it's like the thing that everybody wanted. It was a membership to Top Golf. You could golf whenever you want. And I said, if we win, you have to go up there. I don't want nobody to know that I won. I don't want to I just don't, I'm just, there's this thing that happens when I don't want to experience so much joy because I know what comes after that, right? Like I, I fear joy because it's a bit vulnerable for me. It's, uh, Alex threw me a surprise birthday party one year. My whole, everybody that was in my life showed up to this thing, and, it was, and she, she played me. She blindfolded me and drove me around the city, and we ended up back in my house, right? And I, so, I, so I open, I take off the blindfold, and I'm looking. Number one, I'm confused, because I thought we were like 20 miles away. <laughs> I'm like, did she build a place that was exactly like my house? Or 
you know, but everybody came to me later and was like, were you mad that she did that? Because <laughs> I had showed no emotion. I'm like so afraid of joy because of, of what comes next. It's like, if I experience the highest point of joy, that means it's downhill from there. And um, I don't know why I'm like that. And Brene Brown um, has this really cool line where she says, when we lose tolerance for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. And it's a little heavy, so I'll read it one more time. When we lose tolerance for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. And, I, and as, a, as a student and as a lover of language, that is a perfect sentence for me. She's saying, when we cannot be vulnerable, when we lose the tolerance to be vulnerable and show ourselves to other people, joy becomes the thing that we fear. Joy becomes like, like a monster that, that you know you're going to see if you allow people to, to see who you really are, right? And that's, that's scary. You know, like that's, for me, that's real fear. Um, she described a man who kind of lived like me in the middle, emotionally middle. Never got too excited, never tried to get disappointed. And then he lost his wife suddenly in a car crash. And his, his emotion was said, I wish I leaned more into joy because it didn't protect me from that. It didn't protect me from, from the tragedy. All it did was keep me from really being present. And what's connected to joy? Uh, wonder, gratitude, awe. It's like gratitude is a much closer cousin to joy than happiness, you know? Like, if you could put yourself in a place of gratitude, that's, that's, a, that's a joyful place, you know? My final thoughts, and I'll close with this, with a few questions. Can you have an anticipation in joy? Can you prepare yourself? Like, like I think something happened when we're thinking about the money under our, our chair, right? You're kind of thinking ahead, like, I could win this. You know, like I, there's a chance, you know, I got the hundo. Um, what are the elements of joy? What is your threshold for joy? Do you do experiments on joy? Joy is a choice the way a farmer has a choice to grow apples or oranges. And then, um, Gil, I'm going to end up here pretty soon if you want to load up that, that video for me. Um, a lot of us. A lot of us were raised to be like radically and charismatic or vocal if you were raised in the church. Like they said stuff like, don't be afraid of your faith, share it. And they told, they told us to be this like radical version of what they wanted us to be. But why did they never teach us to be radically joyful, radically peaceful, radically authentically yourself, right? I think these are, are things that I, I wish and, and hope if there's anything you get from this, it's like, what does radical joy look like? How, how can I step or choose joy that didn't exist before today? Because like, it's like, yes, you have to grow it, but you can also, there's ways to put yourselves in places where joy exists. It's a good start. Like, like there's fruit in the market. Like if you want fruit, you, it's probably easier to go to the market than the, to my house because <laughs> I have a bunch of fruit at my house. You know, there's no fruit trees at my house. Um, if you want to experience joy, put yourself in places joy might exist. That might be a good start. All right, so... Um, I did this other thing where I asked some friends and some of them are here to send me what joy was to them. And I didn't know if anybody was going to send me a video and I was okay with that. Um, I also 
didn't cut anybody out. So it was longer than I thought. So it was like eight minutes, but uh, I think we've got a little bit of time and I'm ending here. Um, so if you guys want to play the video, this are, these are things that um, people in my tribe said joy was to them. So I hope you enjoy it. I think for me, the joy that I experience today at least is in seeing all the things that I get to do. Right. And even being able to switch them around whenever I'm like, I have to do something. Those get to do's remind me just how simplistic it is to make myself happy or to find joy in what I'm doing. Um, I'm grateful of all the things, even good or bad, doesn't have to always be good, of the responsibilities that I put on my shoulder. Because I'm always asking God, you think I'm that strong? So for me, family. The simple things is definitely what joy is. What up, Superb? Uh, what brings me joy? I'm responding to your IG story. Um, joy for me is family time. So time spent with my daughter and my lady. And um, definitely random acts of kindness are my two huge love languages. But joy, uh, definitely family time right now, especially during the holiday season. So creating the core memories for my daughter and then have that time spent with my lady and all of us together. Hope that helps. Peace. When I wake up in the morning, the feeling of freedom is what brings me joy every morning. And freedom is freedom of being honest, um, freedom of being dishonest, and freedom of being, you know, of lying, of cheating, stealing, whatever it is. And I think when I wake up in the morning, knowing that I am doing those things gives me the most joy. And also the most important thing is trusting God's will. And that freedom of trusting God's will every morning is what brings me joy. Uh, for me, joy is sitting in the truth that I am fully loved right now, that there's nothing I can do to be loved more and nothing I can do to be loved less than I am right now. And sitting in that truth and what brings me joy is being able to create with people that I love and respect uh, from that truth, that we create from understanding that we're loved and not creating for love. That's joy to me. Joy is my family and my friends. Um, they are all mixed in love. And um, yeah, that brings me the most joy because they show me that everything is gonna be wonderful through my highs and through my lows. There are a few things that bring me the most joy. I would have to say really good, healthy food brings me joy. Spending time with my close friends and loved ones, enjoying a laugh, that brings me joy. And also I would have to say just having a connection with God, uh, just feeling his intentionality behind what he's trying to convey to me, how he's trying to love on me, that brings me the most joy. What? brings you joy clearly What's is this one is the freedom i have in christ god has given me my beautiful wife my amazing kids although they're not always amazing and my wonderful friendships and my brotherhood in which i have in you brian i love you brother and i'm super grateful and joy joyful for you 
and grateful for you. I love you, my friend. Joy, I think as I'm getting more uh, senior in age, that joy for me has, I found it in the most like simplest and like mundane moments, you know, slowly making a cup of coffee, watch, watching my daughter color, uh, you know, the sound of my oldest daughter doing her chores. Like just simple moments now really give me the most joy and just make me the most thankful for what's happening, you know, in the life that we live. So I'm Sonia and what brings me joy is spending time with my family on the weekends, just being around my family and getting that time to make memories with them. Hi, I'm Emiliana. What brings me joy is listening to music with my mom and dad or my family in general. Music is just uh, a very big mood booster. And no matter um, who I'm with, like my mom and dad, they both have different music styles, but I love listening to both. And that's what brings me joy every single day. So a couple of things bring me joy. So being outside, specifically the mountains or forest, bring me joy. I love being outside. I love learning new things, whether that's a new skill I don't know, whether that's like new dance, like whatever it is. I love learning um, and reading. My friends and family being all in one place brings me a lot of joy because everyone's spread out. Um, and then food, really, really good food brings me joy. Thanks. What brings me joy is, I'd have to say, whenever I'm doing something that I'm passionate about or I'm you know, with other people that are just as passionate and we resonate in that together. Um, I love good food, being around good company, friends and family, um, being around music. You know, that's all, those are all things that bring me immense joy. What's up, Brian? So for me, I think true joy is uh, being happy and appreciative of the present moment that you're in. And I think you can get that from perspective, right? I mean, you know, it's a, it's a blessing just to be able to be, um, you know, here. Uh, you know, on this earth and, you know, have family and friends and, and just have the opportunity to live your life the way that you choose. So, you know, I think just being able to stay present and appreciative of, of where you're at and where you're going is uh, is what brings me joy. Hi, my name's Nicholas. Where's the camera? Sorry. Hi, my name's Nicholas. Some people know me as DJ Nicky Boy. Um, what brings me the most joy is I get to do this been DJing for over 20 years and I still think I have the ability to make people happy by what I do and that makes me happy all right so for me I think joy is being able to live out your passions every single day um and I think that what uh gives me the most joy is that I have found my passion and through that I've been able to serve others and um, I think like three important things in life is focus on yourself, focus on serving others and um, being excited about your future. And I think when you have a passion, it really does. It does that for you. And so for me, that's what I believe. I believe that passion and serving others through your own passion is joy. To me, joy is a state. 
It's actually a choice that one makes that whatever situation or circumstance, I'm going to live life with a sense of, of awe where instead of framing life as unknowable, it's the endlessly knowable. It's believing that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for God is with me. It is it is believing in the fundamental nature of my being and the essence of my spirit that lets me know that there's a God somewhere out there that reflects his ability to give, reflects the neediness that I often feel in my soul. Yeah, he's so deep. That's why I ended. That's why I ended. <laughs> that's why I ended with him. Um, so, thank you for letting me share. There's conversation afterwards, and this is really cool because it kind of interjects a lot of voices in, in, into the conversation of what joy is. And so, start to think about what joy is for you, and and how you can step into that and choose it daily. And yeah, can't wait. Are you are you singing another song, Randy? Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk. <laughs> All right. So we're just gonna have a conversation. Stick around if you want. Thank you for joining us online. Bye. You've been listening to the official podcast of Genesis Community Church in Upland, California. If you've been encouraged, found hope, been challenged by what you've heard, we'd like to ask you to help spread the word by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. You can also help support our podcast by visiting us at thegenesisstory.com. It has been our pleasure to have you join us today. And we hope you'll tune in again next week.